Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. We saw this morning that the name of Jesus is our key. Everything that God has for us, it it comes through the name of Jesus. He said, whatever you ask the Father, basically said, whatever you ask the Father, I'll endorse it and he'll give it to you when you ask in my name. When you ask in my name, I'll endorse it. It passes from our responsibility to Jesus' responsibility when we speak his name. He said, you ask in my name, the Father will give it to you. Glory. Then he said, up until now, you have not asked anything in my name. Because during the the time that Jesus was, was with his disciples, they didn't ask the Father for anything in his name. They would, if they needed anything, they'd just go to Jesus. He had everything. I mean, if they needed healing, they knew where to go. If they needed money for taxes, they knew how to get it. They'd just go to Jesus. I mean, he had the answer. If they had a question, he had the answer. He was full of wisdom. But he said, in that day, you'll not ask me anything. Whatever you ask the Father, he will give you. Glory to God. The name of Jesus takes us in to the throne of God. Takes us before God. It gets all of heaven's attention. When you say, In the name of Jesus, by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, all of heaven comes to attention. Who glory. The Father will give it to you. The angels will immediately launch out to work on your behalf to bring it to pass. All of the favor and grace and help of the Holy Ghost and all of the economy of heaven, everything that's involved kicks into gear. When you, when you ask or you demand in the name of Jesus. He said then, he said, ask. I said this morning, dummy. What he said is, ask. Don't just, don't just rejoice that you can do it. Don't just get excited about that you can do it. Do it. Ask. You know, over in... in uh, uh, Mark's gospel, and it's in, it's in Matthew and, and Luke 2, where Jesus talked about, taught the parable of the sower. And he said, there are people who receive the word with gladness, but they don't produce any fruit. It's one thing to receive the word with gladness. It, it's one thing to be excited when you hear something from, from, the, from God and you get truth and revelation. That's a good thing. It brings gladness. It gladdens you. I mean, I've been, I've been getting gladder and gladder <laughs> with myself. Just going over these scriptures, just studying and preparing and meditating and, and it brings gladness that, that the name of Jesus been, has been given to me. It's mine. That makes me glad. But if I want joy, I'm gonna have to act on it. The key to joy is acting on it. And getting receiving the benefit from it. He said, Ask, 
and you shall receive so that your joy may be full. God wants us to have fullness of joy. Woo! Joy. He said it here in the 16th chapter. He said it, I think, in the 15th chapter. Go back and look and see if he did. Yeah, look in chapter 15, verse 11. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. God wants a church full of joy. He wants wants believers to be full of joy. Hallelujah. You know, joy is one of the fruit of the Spirit. Go over to Galatians 5. Let's, Let's look at that passage for a second. Galatians 5. Where we read about the gifts or the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5. Verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, that's patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. The margin of my Bible says meekness. Or humility, another way, another word, way to say that, self-control. Against such, in other words, against these nine things, there is no law. You know, there's no law in the Bible and no law from man. Man's never passed a law outlawing these things. It's not against the law anywhere. Amen. All of these things are good. And they're all the fruit of the Spirit. They can be, they can grow. Fruit is not like a gift. Gifts of the Spirit just manifest. One minute it's not there and the next minute, boom, there it is. Fruit doesn't, doesn't happen that way. Fruit grows over time. Fruit, fruit needs to be nurtured so it can grow and increase. And we need to have all nine of these fruit of the Spirit. We need to walk in love. Yeah. God wants a church full of people who walk in love toward one another. Hallelujah. We have a church like that. He wants a church full of joy. He wants all of us to be full of joy. Not sadness. Not to be down in the mouth, sad, discouraged, full of joy. If you're, if you're sad and discouraged, that's not what God wants. If you're depressed and downtrodden, your head hangs low, that's not what God wants. He wants you to be full of joy. Joy. Hallelujah. In the midst of tests and trials, You can be full of joy. Sometimes you have to count it joy because you don't see any joy, but you just count it joy and it counts. It counts. Amen. 
But there's other fruit of the Spirit. Long-suffering, patience. You know the world likes patient people? The world likes patient. Everybody likes patient people. Do you have a, somebody at, at work that has a short fuse? And they're just impatient about everything? There's no, there's no fun to be around them, is it? There's no fun to be around people like that that are impatient and just fretting all the time. And you know what? Patience instills patience. When you're patient, it, 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 it has an effect on other people. It calms them down. That's why, the, that's why the, the world likes all of these. Humanity likes these characteristics. Uh, kindness. There's no law against kindness. You've never seen anybody pass an ordinance. It's against the law to be kind in Gainesville. You won't ever see that law. Kindness. God wants us to be kind to people. Kind to one another. To walk in love, but to also walk in kindness. I remember when I was growing up, the pastor's son and I were best friends and we were both backslidden, you know, most of the time. And uh, Gary was uh, two years older than me, but we were best, best friends. And uh, I don't remember who it was. I can't, I don't have an image of this particular woman's face in front of me, but it was one of the older ladies of the church. And she had this bad habit that every now and then when, she, when we would walk and we'd be walking through the church after church or something about to go out the door, she would say, Gary Braddock, I'm praying for you, son. That little crooked nose and that little crooked finger, you know. It wasn't very kind because it, she was really saying, you dirty old dog, you need to straighten up. I'm praying for you. And my friend Gary, he would, I can remember this so well. He'd turn and say, well, I'm praying for you too. <laughs> you know, we can, we can walk in love, but we need to be kind about it too. <laughs> and, and he didn't respond very kindly, but she wasn't really very kind very, either. You know what I'm saying? It was an accusing thing. We need to be kind. Amen. Goodness. That's a, that's a, you don't hear too much about goodness. When's the last time you've heard a sermon on being good? I, I went to hear Lester Summerall one time back in the 70s. I was living in Jacksonville and Lester Summerall, this great world-renowned evangelist had preached the gospel in basically, well, he'd preached the gospel on every continent of the world, but in most countries, I mean, he'd been all over the world, raised up, hundreds of churches, if not thousands of churches, just won millions of people to the Lord. Just a man of renown. And I was so eager to go hear Lester Summerall. He was in Jacksonville, so I slipped over to this church on you know, one of the nights, you know, we weren't having church and at my church and I got into the service and I was just, I had my notebooks ready, you know, I was just gonna just glean from this man. And you know what, he's, you know what his message was? He got up and, and he kind of fumbled around, you know, and, and uh, talked about, you know, his projects and what he was doing and how people could give and everything. But his sermon was about five minutes. And he said, try to be good. 
in life. Try to be good people. And that was his message. <laughs> okay. Could you elaborate? He didn't. Try to be good. Well, it's important to be good. <laughs> when, my, when my oldest son, Steve, when he graduated from college, he graduated in Tampa from University of South Florida. And what year was that when he graduated? 92? Huh? So when was that? I can't hear you. 93. He, uh, you know, the Gulf War, Operation Desert Storm, the first Gulf War. You remember Storm and, Mor Storm and Norman? Nor uh, General Norman uh, Schwartz Schwarzkopf. It's called Storm and Norman. He was the uh, uh, commander of the Allied forces and Operation Desert Storm was really his idea. He, he, he conceived it and he oversaw it. He, he, he ran the, the campaign. He was like the you know, chief commander, whatever. There was a term, that's not it. But anyway, he was the head honcho. And uh, he had recently retired. Huh? He was the big kahuna. That's right. <laughs> and he, he had just retired just before that. And his daughter was graduating in the same class that my son was graduating in, University of South Florida. They, you know. So we went to his graduation, and they had General Schwarzkopf as the commencement speaker. And he told this story. He said that when he was first made a general, when he was elevated to that, to that you know, stature, he was assigned to the Pentagon. And he said, you know, the Pentagon, Pentagon is a very... Uh, 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 intimidating place. There are a lot of powerful people in the Pentagon. A lot of generals, two, three, four, five star. I mean, you know, the top guys are there. And, and he didn't want to make any mistakes. You know, he's green. He's the new guy, you know. And so, he, you know, he didn't want to mess up. So he, he found another general that he developed a relationship who had been there for a long time, knew how everything worked. And he asked this general, he said, can you give me some advice how can, how can I keep from stumbling over myself and doing something dumb? How can I survive here? And he said, this general thought for a moment and he said, always do the right thing. That was his advice. Always do the right thing. And that was, that was General Schwarzkopf's message to the graduating class that year. He said, always do the right. I've thought about that so many times. Always do the right thing. Always do what's right and you'll be good. Amen. That's good advice. Goodness. I didn't intend to really elaborate this much on all of these, but I'm going to do it. What's the next one after goodness? Faithfulness. Oh, boy, you shouldn't have said that. Forget preacher started on faithfulness. You brought it up, not me. <laughs> Faithfulness. God wants us to be faithful. He wants you to be faithful to your husband, faithful to your wife, faithful in marriage. Amen. We're living in a generation where people aren't faithful and they don't think anything about it. God thinks something about it. He expects people to be faithful in their marriage. 
It's still in style. It's still required. Morality is required. The church ought to be glowing examples of this. And yet I'll be honest with you, in the church, infidelity, come on now, is in the church. People sleeping around. Amen. That's not, that's not being faithful. God's not pleased with it. And I have a conviction that before the Lord Jesus returns, the church that's going to be called away from here is a church that's going to get rid of this stuff. Amen. And a church that's living right. Well, praise the Lord. Faithfulness. Faithfulness to your spouse. Faithfulness to your church. Faithful. Faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful. Be somebody your pastor can depend on. Be somebody your department head can depend on. Be faithful. Step up. Step up. You know, we have people, we have people in our church who will not serve in places of, of helps ministry. They won't do it. And the reason they won't do it is they don't want to put their name on the dotted line, so to speak, and be obligated to be here. Because they know if they sign up to serve in a position in the, in the ministry on a, on a regular ongoing basis, then they're going to have to arrange their life around that. And there are a lot of people that don't want to serve because they want to keep their options open that any time I want to, I just won't come to church if I don't want to. If I, if I, if I get up and decide I want to go do something else, I can just go do it. And if I sign my name on the line, if I sign up for this ministry, then there are going to be times that's going to interfere that's not being faithful. Well, praise the Lord. It's the truth. Faithful to the church. Faithful on the job. You want to be promoted at work? Be faithful. Be somebody that can be depended on. Oh, glory. What else do we have here? Gentleness. Humility. Praise God. Humility. I have, a, I have a great message. I heard a preacher say this one time. He said, I have a great message on humility. I just haven't found a church big enough to preach it in yet. <laughs> Think about that for a minute. No, be humble. Amen. Glory to God. Self-control. Nobody, like, nobody likes people that are out of control. Now, I said all that. I took a little bit longer than I intended to. I was just going to briefly read these. I said all of these to, to show you that people like these things. Every one of these, of these fruit of the Spirit, if you will have them, people will like you. One of those I didn't spend any time on was joy. People who are full of joy, people like them. People like people that are full of joy. Well, you know, my, my, my personality is sort of, you know, kind of, uh, you know, melancholy. Well, people might like you, but they don't like that. I'll tell you, they don't. That's not what, if, if people like you, that's not, why, that's not why. If you're down and just kind of sad and never have a smile, you, you, people, people will like you, but not for that. 
That's not one of the things they'll like. People like other people who are full of joy. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Turn to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Hallelujah. Verse number five says, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake, and you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. He said, you knew what kind of men we were. That means he had to, Paul and his company had to be men of joy. He said, you received the word that you heard from us and how we acted, how we behaved ourselves influenced how you received that word and you received it with joy in the Holy Ghost. Woo, glory. We ought to be people of joy. It's good to be full of joy. Amen. You think about the day of Pentecost when, when the power of God fell, the Holy Spirit fell on the church on the day of Pentecost. Man, they were full of joy. Like the song says, they were rocking and reeling in the streets of Jerusalem that, that, that day. I mean, they were full of joy. They were drunk in the Holy Ghost. They were having a high time and the religious people got mad, but the, but the common people got glad. 3,000 people, not any of the sad religious people, they didn't get anything, but the, but the common people responded to the joy of the Lord and 3,000 people begged Peter, what do we need to do to get in on this? Glory, Glory to God. Show us what to do. How do we tap into this joy? Oh, glory. We ought to be a joyful people. Now you can have joy one of two ways. You can have joy because you want to, just because you just make a decision to be joyful. That's what, that's what I was referring to over in James when he said, count it all joy. Might not feel like joy, count it all joy. You can, you can count it as joy in the middle of anything that's going on. You can decide to be joyful. I'm gonna count this as joy. I'm gonna count this as an opportunity to see God work. I'm gonna see this as an opportunity to prove the word of God. I'm gonna see this. I'm looking at this, this trouble, this test, this trial, this hard thing that, that seems to be coming against me. It's just an opportunity for me to just watch God work. Woo, I'm gonna be full of joy. Ha ha, hallelujah, thank you, Lord, glory to God. Stirring up that joy. That's a fruit of the Spirit. You have to stir it up. You can just stir it up because you want to. But then there's also the joy in the Holy Ghost. There's a joy that the Holy Spirit inspires. There's Holy Spirit inspired joy. That comes from staying in the presence of the Lord. In the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. Staying in the presence of the Lord doing what? Receiving your, your prayers answered. Staying in the presence of the Lord Seeing your prayers answered, using the name of Jesus. Don't just get excited 
about a truth, act on that truth. Put it to pra into practice in your life so that you can be full of joy, not just have a little bit of joy, be full of joy so that when somebody touches you, joy oozes out. You know, when a, sp when a sponge is full of water, when it's just absolutely full of water, all you have to do is just touch it and, it, and, and, and you get water on you. Isn't that right? <laughs> oh, glory. Fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. There's fullness of joy in the presence of the Lord. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.